Hey guys, it's Carl Heine here. We're coming at you from WaterPro where we're filming episode 20 of The Full Landscape. We've switched the tables this time and Clint's on the receiving end of Q&A. We're going uh, to peel back the layers of Clint and see what makes the man tick. So tune in and have a listen. So Clint, um, you're a mover and a shaker. You know, you're 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 a guy that you know from outside looking in. I feel like you're you're never really sitting still. You always got your eyes forward. You mm-hmm. set goals and work your way to those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also a 35 year old CEO, MD, yep. um, founder of a 10 year old successful enterprise. Um, do you ever actually stop, you know, and take, you know, reflect on that? Just stop and take stocks of not a lot. Um, I think in preparation for this I did last night I was looking at a lot of um, old photos from when we first opened I was trying to find some stuff to reference to the point where I can't I don't remember the dates that things have happened because I don't worry I just keep moving so you know you're like when did you open or when did fluid designs become water pro or when did this I don't I don't know so I had to go research that so that I knew I was ready so not really I kind of look forward mostly did you Which, find that rewarding, an opportunity? I enjoyed to, it, actually. Yeah. Um, I kind of regretted that there wasn't more record of um, the early years. We did take a lot of photos, but I don't think business owners were as conscious of documenting the journey back then as we are now. I agree um, with that. And, you know, you, you've probably got periods that you were like, fuck, I wish I had a photo of that first desk or <laughs> the first ute we bought or I don't know. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I mean, the start of my business um, probably predates photos in general, but... <laughs> but your involvement. Well, yeah. yeah, actually, to yeah. be fair, you I probably would love to have... Love to have desk, imagine though. having video of your grandfather mm. having a meeting with a client 50 years ago or whatever it was, 40 years ago. Like, you just... Like, how he conducted himself as a business person and whether or not there was any continuity between your personality and his in the way he dealt with problems or... Yeah. Like, oh, my kids will have that. Yeah, I would. Um, you know, I, I would. I would love to be able to do that. In fact, uh, we wrote a small piece for a for an Ayla article where we touched on that exact on yeah. that exact topic. Yeah, and of course, generations separate myself and EB. Um, but it'd be yeah. interesting. Interesting to know, you know, what sort of what has transcended those generations. Well, stories if, will get passed down, but there's always that Chinese yeah. whispers of, yeah. you know, did that really happen exactly like that? Or yeah. I mean, I know that without DK around, my stories will get much better as the years go by because yeah. <laughs> I'll be like yeah man we were massive like what is it the older we get the better we were yeah yeah um so what's your elevator pitch I mean we're going to talk about a lot of th- a few things today you know we'll talk about here and now what you know for, your business as it is now what's your eleva- elevator pitch for water pro um there's a few um generally it's water pro are a um are an irrigation business that specializes in the supply of irrigation materials to the trade um in a profession like a high quality competitive priced market so that's that's the kind of irrigation supply only um yeah i guess that's it uh it's funny that you ask i don't use i don't have an elevator an elevator pitch much but every train sales training that you've been to over the years you get asked to to write one down one together yeah the 30 seconds that you get in an elevator what is it yeah the most recent one was i went to a coup and race seminar and we had to write down that like he gave everyone a I guess a recipe for how to write that. So it's like Water Pro RA, this company that specializes in this with the target market of this. So yeah, um, 
I feel like maybe you've been constrained to come up with that doesn't suit your style either. Not at all. Which, <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Like, it'd be di- uh, to be honest, it would be different depending on who I'm talking to. Yeah, fair so enough. So I'd get a sense for what they needed, and then I would say whatever I needed to be whatever needed to be said. I'm never really prepared because it's interesting with WaterPro. It's uh, you know it's a mix between. Uh, you know, supplying the commercial side of the industry as well as being a shop front for yeah. retail as and well. And the shop front for retail is only still probably 10 or 15% of our turnover. Oh, really? Um, and it was below five for year, like a long time, probably five years. Um, I am a big believer that businesses like ours are built off the back of high quality trade and then that the retail organically follow on in the decades that follow. Um, and you'll see that with companies like Newton Sound and Metal and Newton's Building and Landscape Supplies where I started mm. in this market. Um, their focus was their trade. And then you'd start to see, you know, mum and dad from Ross Trevor come in and they're like, oh, this guy did our landscaping. Um, we need a bit more of this. He said to come here. Mm. And then you start to get that word of mouth from your trade. So that's how I've always operated, um, where I don't spend any money on retail marketing except this now. Mm. But I hadn't, like, there was no... Like five double A, there was well, there was a little bit of testing, but there was no re- messenger, there was no advertiser, there was no. It was just I'd rather spend the money on a BDM, have mm. them go find the trade, and then obviously the rest follows. Yeah. Um. So we you, you've touched very quickly there on on your early days with with Newton. So yep. I guess um let's let's go back past the uh, before the I guess the foundation of 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 WaterPro as it is now. Yep. Go back to the start of your professional life. Um. You started at Newton. So, Newton's was your first job out of school? No. Uh, out of school. So, I was working at school. Um, my first job was, I was 12 when I started working as a newspaper money collector. So, this is pre-BPay, mm. um, where if you got the newspaper delivered, the newspaper company would then pay kids to ride bikes around and knock on the door and collect the money. So, we, mm. I'd get 4% of whatever I collected in the, the weekend. How old were you? 12. And I was riding around with a grand on me most of the time. I was time. just going to say, I don't think that'd cut it these days. I reckon there'd no, be some the, dramas with that. Um, yeah, so the my my area was kind of St. Agnes. So from Tea Tree Plaza back to Smart Road and Tolly Road, kind of in, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a massive area, but you know, you get what, a newspaper around, like a house gets maybe 8 to $12 worth of. So I'd have 100 houses, say, and do knock, 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 money, knock, money, knock, money, knock, money. And then I'd have. Five dollar bonus if I collected all the money, mm. and then no, it was probably I think it was ten if you got everything. Five if you missed one house. KPIs at twelve. Reaching, it's reaching insane, KPIs man. at twelve. And you yeah. think about it, like I had to knock on a hundred houses, mm. collect a thousand dollars for four percent. So I'd take forty dollars for my my efforts for my two days on the bike. Mm. If I didn't get, if I missed out on three houses because they were on holidays or it, like anything, they're delinquent payers and they weren't going to pay anyway. And I'd be back there. My mum would drive me back there on Tuesday, Monday, whatever. And we'd have to drop the money back to Michael Foran. For, for this is like, I'm 12, man. I was working mm. with this dude, Michael Foran, I think his name was. And we'd go past these houses on the way to dropping the money off. So, and I, it's, I'm glad mum did it because it wasn't, it was definitely not an, a financially beneficial thing for her to be doing, to be driving me around for me to get an extra $5, but it was a good lesson. Yeah, good foundation. Yeah. So that was that. And then I started working at Woolworths. Actually, I worked at Woolworths first when I was about 14 and three quarters. I think that was the earliest I could legally work. Stacking shelves? Uh, fruit and veg. Oh, yeah? It was horrible. Horrible, yeah. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Like, if there was mouldy anything, it was my problem. Like, because mm. there was management, 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 full-time staff, me. Clint, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, those mushrooms that are stuck in that mat, get them out. 
Could, couldn't you do that? Just get him out. Our baby just threw up. Fix um, that. Fix that. So I did that and that was that caused me a lot of anxiety. I didn't like working there. So I ended up... I got, it was at a point where I was throwing up because I didn't want to go to work um, because of the... I don't know if it was bullying as such. It would probably be categorized as bullying now, but it was just very hardcore um, male-dominated. The fruit and veg industry is pretty full-on mm. um, and I was, I wasn't for me. So I left there and I went to work at Tropicana, which is across the road from the Woolworths at Tea Tree Plaza. There's a fruit and veg shop in there. So I went there and worked for that, the Belfari, Belfari family. Was that any better? Much better. Yeah. Um, Family-run business. Still strong, like work hard, get here on time, don't make mistakes. Like it was- But with family values instead of corporate values. Yeah. So Saturdays, you know, the nonna would bring in food mm. and we'd share food and we'd work and I could eat some stuff. Like it was a bit, it was more family. And that was probably my first experience in Italian business. Mm. And then I went to Japan, came back and started a Domino's as a pizza delivery driver. So that was when I was about 17, 18. I think that's where you met my brother. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. So that's I bought his car. You did. Back then. So yeah. this is the crazy like Adelaide. How it all fits together. degrees of separation. Yeah. So then I worked at Domino's as a pizza delivery driver and was doing pizza deliveries in a V8. All company. still at school? Yeah, I dropped out of school um, 13 weeks from the end of year 12 to run that shop. Okay. So Domino's at Dernancourt was my store and I was doing driving and I was enjoying it. And then the manager left and then the new owner bought it from DP, like from Domino's Australia and he offered me the job as the manager. So then I quit school to do that, much to the disgust of almost anyone that values the education system and every teacher. Because at the time I was year 12 SRC chairman, I was doing like meetings with prince like i'd go to the staff meetings to represent the students and shit so you're a dedicated student but <laughs> yeah, you've, yeah, you've yeah. referenced but you've referenced a lot about school life not being a good fit well, it's not for, for you. everyone well mm. it probably would have been fine if i didn't go to japan for 12 look so i went and did an exchange program and then came Through back school no mum and dad helped okay that. so mum came from back from i think you know in civic park they have like the civic park i don't know if it was a spectacular but they had this like something a careers day or something mm. And mum got a brochure from the AFS, which was the Australian Field Soldiers, which was a um, exchange program that was started, I don't know, back after the war or around the war, like Second War. And then she's like, do you want to look at this? So we started going to meetings and then it worked out that all I had to do was apply and pay the money and I could go live somewhere for 12 months. And mum was like, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, why not? So we applied, got accepted. You speak Jap- Japanese at all? I speak okay Japanese. Like Before that? No, no, no. We were studying. I, I don't think, I think trying to learn a language in school is stupid. Um, I learned, I did year, what, primary school and high school, we did Japanese. So I did Japanese from what, year three or year four through to year 11 when I went to Japan and I could count to 10. But that well, probably wasn't as much. So like if you think about how much Japanese you'll learn in 12 months in a school, like you're only in what, an hour less than a week. Yeah, when you add 40 up 40 weeks hours, a year, yeah. 40 hours. What are you yeah. going to learn? So when I got there, I was a baptism of baptism of fire. But Japan, Japan's quite an English-speaking country. So even back then in 99. If they feel like speaking English English right there, right then too, I've noticed. They helped me too much. Yeah. They probably should yeah. have made me drown. So, <laughs> yeah. um, But then yeah. when I got back, all my friends had moved on to the next year level. And then they were partying pretty hard and I was partying pretty hard with them to the point where like I didn't rock up to, I think it was year 12 mid-years because I was hungover. And then the print, like the teacher rang me and said, oh, if you come in, I'll still let you do it. And I was like, it doesn't so, matter. Uh, do you think that's a sliding doors moment for you in Definitely. any way at all? And or? I've got lots of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> like, it's no one's fault. 
but my mate's parents went away for 11 weeks to Europe and his house was empty and we were 17 and we all had money as well because we were all working mm. and then I think my mum went away for two weeks during that same period so I had an empty house and he had an empty house and what do you got a bunch of 17 year olds what do you think's going to happen I think every good teenager movie starts off with that <laughs> the exact synopsis doesn't it yeah so yeah I yeah. um I still made it. I still went to work and that's the crazy thing I was still mm. working but you've jumped around so you've you know oh this is not my you've, you've jumped no no I mean professionally <laughs> you know you've gone from um you know doing the paper rounds yep. to collecting money uh, meeting your KPIs at 12 or well, I, I was um, always 12 fruit and veg if I, if I wanted to earn if I wanted stuff I had to earn money to buy it so and mum mum worked out very early that money was a motivator for me not mm. because I needed money but because I, if I wanted stuff I needed money to buy stuff mm. and so she used to punish me very early by taking money off me not by putting me in time out or hitting me or whatever she's like this is how much money you've got and if you step outside the lines i'm going to find you throughout that period so six months old eight months old ah uh, probably more walking but no <laughs> yeah. it would have been early it would have been yeah. pocket money time but like mm. before i was working so mm. eight nine ten so yeah so you've made the jump there to um uh you've made the jump to management yeah so i, I was probably i don't know if i was i wouldn't have been any younger than anyone else managing domino's franchises at the time but um, we had the lowest turnover dominoes in the country at the time. So there was 500 odd shops in, what was that, 2001. And ours was doing 10 grand a week and like was at the bottom. And it still made money. Mm. So it was a good experience to run a very hard shop. Like Domino's Court was probably one of the only dominoes that have ever been relocated because they don't close shops and they don't move shops because it shows weakness mm. on a court, on a national scale. Mm. So they just go, well, that's out one of our weak ones. We just have to leave it there and... Do the best we can. So, and uh, you managed to point those arrows up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. enough. Yeah. So, but you think about like I was managing fifteen and fourteen year old kids when I was a mm. seventeen year old kid. Did you think at that point that that was a career path? For it was. You? That, it that was, was your it career. Was. So, Domino's have a thing called the Domino's Development Fund where you can save up to get a deposit to buy your own store. They did back then. I don't know if they do now. So, I think you save fifty k, and they go guarantor for you for the other two fifty. So you get three hundred, and you can buy yourself a shop. Um, but you have to save that within the walls of their building. So um, you'd set up an account that they split your pay into. So they'd put 100 or $200 a week away to show your commitment, but you'd also be doing, like there'd be a good career path for you because you're, mm. they, they know you're going to open a shop, so they'll put time and money into you. Mm. Um, but and you that, can always And that's what away. you thought you'd be doing we at that doing, point. I was doing it, yeah. Mm. That's, it's, fu- it, it's funny, like I guess every time I get, o- I guess offered an opportunity, I kind of just say yes mm. and just start doing it. Um, which is dangerous for me because the, as I've gotten older, I've had to start saying no more because you get presented with more opportunities the more success you have. Mm. And I was, what, 17, 18, and they're like, have a, get a shop, man. And I was like, yeah, why not? So I just said, yeah. Mm. And like I was managing, I was what doing, a, I was being a delivery driver, and he's like, why don't you manage the shop? And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then my mate rang me from Newton's. He's like, why don't you come work here? I was like, yeah, right. So, okay, so that's the jump. <laughs> I was trying to work out how you went from this, what looked like a, a real career path. Um, well, money probably. Um, you know, I moved out of home when I was 17 or 18 mm. um, and I was responsible for myself. I wasn't going to put my hand out and, you know, um, I had no intentions of going back. Not because there was anything wrong. It was mm. just I didn't want to be, you know, the whole, like if you live under our roof, these are certain rules that you need to adhere to. They weren't unreasonable rules, but I just didn't want to have any rules. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So... Um, I was dating which is probably still a trend I'd imagine oh, 100% yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why I have to have a business mm. you know and that's why I'm more comfortable here than I am at home mm. because at home I've got rules here I don't <laughs> because I have to take into consideration Celeste and then 
you know, obviously I have to make sure that we stick to the some self-imposed rules the as well. Stuff. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like mm. this stuff, yeah. Um, and there's government rules that I have to adhere to, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, no, yeah. more like I'm not allowed to drink and drive and oh, yeah, okay. that kind of thing. So I adhere to those rules. Never used to, but um, so my mate was working at Newton's and um, he knew that I was I was doing some crazy like 60, 70 hour weeks, and at the time I was on what twenty six and a half k, managing a shop, fully responsible for everything, and then he's like, "We've got a job at this irrigation store." stocking shelves it was more money than i was earning better hours daytime work mm. and then i so i because you think about like as an 18 19 year old kid i wasn't with my friends on friday and saturday nights because i was making pizzas so mm. you know I was, I was starting to suffer socially and i wasn't seeing people that i cared about and that i wanted to spend time with well all the friends that you were missing out on were probably ordering pizzas yeah which, you well know, they'd, they'd, they'd them. order them and not pick them up and yeah. then they'd, they'd rock up when i was closing and be like hey man what's the go you got some pizzas on top of the oven what they going in the bin or or uh, what oh, really like, oh no shit dude there you go you <laughs> so um that's when i and so i jumped to newton's and then mm. climbed the the corporate ladder pretty quickly there. was that um was that pathway for you obvious right from the start i mean i, th- I feel like right from the beginning um you know you and I have spoken a fair bit about some of your earlier years, but I feel like right from the beginning, you've always had goals. If um, I'm in a business, I want to be in charge. Yeah. So, so even so, even before you accepted the role at Newton's, which at that point was, you know, at the bottom. And it was very unknown as well. I'd never worked in irrigation. Yeah. Like it was, it was, I remember like it was enjoyable mm. and the early days there, it, and if you talk to any of the older staff, they'll be like, it's a different place now. Mm. And I don't know what it's like now because I've been there for 10 years, but even five years of being there, and it'll be the same here as a business gets bigger there's less that you can get away with yeah. as a company mm. and as a director with your staff because there's more corporate governance and people are watching you we had a lot of fun back then mm. like we was at family and um so who were your managers i reported to frank effectively okay. so early days frank and a guy called serge bria owned the irrigation shop and then serge exited and then frank was the sole director of that and so nick ritchie was my manager he works there still um and then he left and i went into a management role of the irrigation shop and then got more and more responsibility over the years i was there five years so Mm. i was that was kind of my my proper apprentice so i I guess i did my apprenticeship in business at domino's and then i did my apprenticeship in family local business at newton's and irrigation yeah and irrigation that's where i I learned about irrigation and and you know frank learned from nick bianco and i learned from frank yeah pretty good pedigree yeah i agree um you know i've i've worked with frank a little bit through mlsa um and you know i'd imagine that he would have been been quite a good strong mentor or really good maybe maybe, i don't know whether he was a mentor or not whether you classify him as a mentor or just just a good strong leader to learn from and i don't think you can put a label on some of those relationships like Mm. I i had a manager at um at domino's called lachlan who was an unbelievable like an example for me and he would never consider himself a mentor because of the kind of person that he was but everyone he was really strict but really fair like it was these Mm. are the rules um you know we never went home until the job was done and pizza shops are very much the job's not done at the time that the the shop closes because you've got to clean up you've got to make dough for tomorrow Mm. you know it's not just like that's why this is so great like selling poly fittings you just close the door and walk out there's no washing up there's no you know getting ready for tomorrow it's all just there it's all there plastic's great (laughs) inventory management behind the scenes yeah yeah so yeah frank was good and i spent a lot of time side by side with frank for a long time 
Um, and it's hard now. Like I've left and started a business that competes with one mm. of his businesses. It's never going to be the same. Mm. It can't be. Like, you know, if one of my guys left here and did the same thing, like if it was done honorably, you're kind of like, all right, well, good luck. Mm. But you still want to crush them. Yeah, like, well, they're competition at that point. And that's right. And I'm sure yeah. any opportunity they get to step on me, they'll take they'll, it. They'll do it, yeah. And I accept that. That's that's the game, you know. So when you say, um, you know, leaving honorably, honorably is important, um, oh, did you leave Newtons honorably? I think so. Um, yeah. I, I think only they could answer that. Yeah, um, fair enough. But we never intended on opening an irrigation shop when we left. Um, Michael, who was my business partner for four or five years, was probably the driving force behind leaving. I was kind of like, yeah, cool, I'll do it. Like, so he wasn't with you at Newton's? He was. He so was, I was okay. the sales and marketing manager and he was the purchasing manager. Okay. So we we took two key roles out pretty... So this takes us back to the beginnings of WaterPro Water yeah. before that, which was um, Fluid, Fluid Designs. Designs. Yeah, yeah. So, Michael so talk and I, us through that. So we were working... So he was my shift runner slash assistant manager at Domino's. So I met Michael back in far out, like 01, 02, and we were... He taught me... So when I started at Domino's as a delivery driver, he taught me how to deliver a pizza. Mm. So I got in the passenger seat of his car and we drove to someone's house. I remember the house. I could go there right now. And knocked on the door. This is how you deliver a pizza. This is how you take the money. And we just got along really well. So we'd we'd do like closes together and, you know, we'd make dough for the next day. And um, like he was a good worker. I was a good worker. We both enjoyed... It didn't we didn't bother us working and then we'd you know go to someone's house and drink beers and you know it was just fun times Mm. and then when i went to newton's i pulled him across Mm. because they were looking for people as and as a a good business owner will do they'll go to their good staff and say do you have any friends that are looking for work because obviously you know if you're a good person you probably know good people. hang around other good people yeah Yeah. um and so he came across i'm sure frank's probably regretting all of this (laughs) like 10 years later but and then michael was better suited to purchasing his brain was more analytical than customer service orientated okay so he went into a purchasing role and then i stayed in the sales role and then time went by and i guess he wanted something different or didn't want to be there so he was looking at leaving and him and i used to walk a lot back then because mm. i've always had weight issues so i'd always try and tag along to some kind of exercise if it was socially enjoyable because it's like we've oh. oh, killed two birds and we just got talking and we came up with this idea to start a company called Fluid Designs, which was going to be a water feature construction just company. to begin with? Yeah, we're just walking. Like, he was going to... I don't know what he was going to do. I think he was going to do something different. And then... Um, so, he resigned, and then I resigned two weeks later. And we were both going to go into business together and start Fluid Designs. And the... the the So, there's a company called Water Motion Energy here who was our target. Like, we were like, we can do what they do. No one else is doing it. They've got no competition there's heaps of money in it, you know, water features are ridiculously priced, let's do that. And then we kind of stumbled along doing that and never really took off. And then we're like, well, we need money because we had no money and mm. we weren't, we didn't have jobs and any savings we had were kind of depleting. So then we decided we'd start doing irrigation installations because we knew that. And so at the time I had a relationship with Stefan who is at Paul Munns. Mm. And Paul Munn have this thing where you can pay for referrals. So they'll invoice you 400 or $800 a month and send you referrals. So if people go knocking on their door and they go, hey, uh, have you got anyone that can install lawn in Paraka, Paralau, in Medindia, mm. whatever? They're like, yeah, cool, we do. And I reckon they'd have six or eight guys doing that. So they're pulling in, what, 5K a month. from Just on the referrals. But they were getting yeah. that many referrals. And mm. they were good work. That was good work. We were winning all the work. Mm. So then we became a landscape irrigation company. With This is all in the period of less than six months. With Shopfront at this point? Not then. Mm. Um, so we were buying irrigation from Newtons and Reese. So they were our two... 
and they still exist as irrigation shops now. And then <clears throat> it was probably, I don't know if it was a year in or less than a year, I was like, fuck this. Like, I do not want to dig holes anymore. This is shit. <laughs> like, because Michael was kind of running the, the numbers and I was doing the work and he was still working on site and I'd mm. still go to some meetings, but it was predominant. We had a team by then, so we had a couple of guys working for us. And then we had a, a Paul from Prospect Contractors came to us with an opportunity to install underground rainwater tanks. And so then we kind of moved into that. So we were doing big underground rainwater mm. tanks. You're digging some big holes? Oh, man. We had like... There was a job at Hope Valley. It was a 120,000 litre underground tank. So we had a 22-ton excavator. And uh, what year was this? 10, 11? No, not even. Like nine. Okay. When did we... We left, we left in 08. We started Fluid Designs in 09. We were probably doing tank installs 09. Yeah, because WaterPro opened in 09. Or what, what is now WaterPro. So an irrigation mm. shop opened in 09. So it was really 08. Like a lot happened in a very short amount of time. Mm. And then I, I think when I was looking at photos last night, I think I had my engagement party inside that window as well. So I'd left the the job. Celeste and I had a house together. She was supporting me then because her, she was the only income. And we were trying to get this business off the ground, running it on trestle tables in my spare room in my house because Michael mm-hmm. didn't have a house big enough for us to run it in his house. He was in a unit um, at St. Agnes. So then the water, the rainwater tank thing wasn't for us. And I didn't want to work on site. I was like, this is shit. And mm-hmm. chasing money from builders and everything else and quoting work and never really knowing which you'd gone from heavily like heavy management and yeah and sales orientated yeah. work which seemingly yeah. you enjoy and i lost a lot of weight like i was mm. i lost 12 kilos in like the first two months or something because i was working on site mm. um but it wasn't for me and i think i guess cracks probably started to show for me a little bit then with regards to our partnership but it wasn't anything massive we'd always have i don't think you should do it this way i don't think you should do it this way well we're doing it this way um but then he said well you know newton's this way Risa this way we're not really happy with it how they're supplying the market to suit us mm. and that suit that's their business how they do it because you were taking you were taking their product at trade presumably yeah we were buying at trade and, were, and installing yeah. it which is fine and that's mm. how it should work and we were cool with that but then we'd go there we'd have inconsistencies with one of the suppliers around something and or the other supplier would be running out of stock or whatever and michael's just like dude like if that's what it's like you know how to run an irrigation shop i understand business why don't we start an irrigation shop and i was like oh shit because that you know straight away was like oh you know we've just left one amicably and now Mm. we're opening one and so uh, we were like and he was none of this would have happened if it wasn't for him like mm. even this, I wouldn't have this if it wasn't for Michael. So it was his spark of an idea. Yeah, he's, he was the one that was kind of motivated to do it. Mm. And I just, as I said at the start of this, I just said yes. Mm. So I was like, okay, why not? So we went and signed a lease at Stepney on a building that we shouldn't have. <laughs> because we were like, there's a sh- Newton's had their shop, Reese had a shop in the city. You know, we had like an idea of where the shops were. And we were like, what about Eastern Suburbs? You know, City Fringe. And that was his idea as well, mm. Stepney. So we went and found this this building and signed a lease we didn't have any money and then signed a lease for two years 60k a year <laughs> our rent's less now with no guaranteed cash flow none no customers mm. no money in the bank no suppliers <laughs> so had you engaged any of um who would become your your clients later had you sort of put the feelers out canvas, to see, yeah. yeah and we were still talking to a lot of people because you know people would be like oh how's it going you know what are you doing the shop's not the same without you, you know, mm. blah, blah, blah. And then um, we're like, yeah, cool, we're opening a shop. They're like, yep, no worries. Let us know when you do. And then it's funny, I've spoken to a lot of people about it. I think I spoke to DK about it recently. 
everyone you think that will come over with you doesn't and the people you don't think will do it's really weird that is interesting like yeah. i was i had people say we will buy from you if you open your own shop and the week we did you'd ring them and they're like look frank's been really good to us man mm-hmm. <laughs> so um it got real well and it, and it was kind of good that they didn't because you know we didn't build water pro with newton's as customer database mm. we built water pro prob- probably highly with a company called chapman and rivets customer database mm. and they no longer exist mm. and some of reese's database and a sprinkling of newton's database obviously there's like big there's a few key customers that i had a ridiculous relationship with and they wanted to buy from me so they mm. followed me but a lot that i thought would move didn't and still haven't I've, i looked at photos last night of um of people we were chasing in 09 so there was a board we had a board on that we wrote who we wanted as customers and i'd be ringing them and there's two on there still that we still haven't got and we'll never leave and i and i will still ring a month every six you months still try yeah no i'm not giving up and they said we categorically guarantee you we will never buy from you what's the movie with steve bashimi where he uh, crosses a name off the list and puts the lipstick on and lounges back in his that's chair. an adam sandler movie Is it? i reckon yeah. it's back to school mm. billy madison where yeah, where he rings up and says sorry and he's just crosses right. him off yeah, the list. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I've it's funny and I'm not ready to do it, but I had this like thought recently where I was like, everyone that I guess I may have done a little wrong by, or that there might be some ambiguity around how well those the situation was treated. I'd love to have a meeting with them all at mm. once, or have like a ten years and just invite them along and be like, look, I don't know how we left it, and if you feel the same, but. Are we cool? I'm not ready for that, but fair enough. It's something I think about. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like it weighs on your mind a little bit. Um, and not enough that I'm. Yeah, I just I, at the end of the day, I want to have a clean sheet. I don't want to have. Um, I don't like the idea of people not liking me. I, I, you know, and probably part of the reason that we do so much media is because I like the attention. I want to be. Hmm. I want to be known for doing good, and I want people to like me. And when someone doesn't, I'm like, that's not cool. Like, why? And I don't that's it like that's all it is mm. but I just don't like the idea of someone going he fucked me on that and I'm not happy about it so yeah so I mean you've got your um, you've got your 12 commandments or your, yeah. your 12 rules so they're the they're water pros 12 values which are kind mm. of mine mm. I'm starting I've actually started writing my own rules yep um, that is probably a twang on that but Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might come back to those, um, but that just reminds me of I think you've got one which has always stood out to me, which was no dick moves, no dicks allowed. Yeah, no, no dicks allowed. Is yep. it? Yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah, it's a big one. It saved us money. Mm-hmm. Like we've had customers that have that have acted like dicks and have then gone broke five years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've also got customers that I put on a dick list that I probably shouldn't have, um, and that's always an awkward conversation when you go back to them and say, look, um, these are the reasons I did it. Um, f- five years has gone under the bridge it appears you're not that company anymore or Mm. you're not like that and i was mistaken that's a good Mm. hat in hand conversation but i've had those conversations yeah so um i think you know when i went back through your social media just recently um there was a i forget whether it was a video or a post but um you know where you reference um i fired more customers than staff i mean that's i would have 100 percent. that is a i mean that is a profound and bold statement to if make if you look at our hr mm. we would have what have we got we've got 12 12 people now i've had like mark who was our videographer left because he went back to england we've had one, two, three, four bdms leave they're the highest turnover staff members mm. um some because they've been offered other jobs some because of redundancies because of economical reasons that we mm. have here some because I guess the pressure gets too much and they decide to leave. But our so if that's four, 
five. I can't think. Uh, six. There wouldn't be many. There'd be less. We'd have less staff have left than we currently have. Mm. So we'd have been single figures. On, I mean, on a 10-year-old business. I dig that you're rationalising this with numbers, but I think, um, <laughs> yeah, which is cool, but I think um, like the most profound part of that statement, though, is that there's this concept in your mind of actually firing customers. Yeah. No one yeah. does it. Mm. It's crazy. Like I, And even now, I get it with landscapers. They come in here and they're like, oh, man, I'm so busy. I've got all this work. This guy's being an absolute dick. I'm like, just tell him you're not doing the work. Oh, you can't do that. Why not? Like, what, what, what's created? And it's because it's that whole customers always right bullshit that mm. that society has taught the kids that are now business owners that mm. you just do what customers tell you because they're always right. It's not true. Mm. The right customers always right, but if they're an asshole, they're not right. They're not right. Not for you. They might. Mm. There's plenty of people that'll deal with dickheads. Does right become subjective when there's big checkbooks attached? Nope. So some of the customers that we don't deal with and. <clears throat> Like there's a massive landscaper in South Australia. There's a few that we stopped dealing with five years ago that would have added potentially half a million dollars to a million dollars to our bottom line and mm. we close their account. So it's not, you can't put financial conditions on those values because the reason those values exist is to protect you from making stupid decisions around financial, you know. It becomes a slippery slope too, doesn't it? Once you say yes to, well, and like these, like if you, do, you talk to my guys, like, you know, Chris has worked here for, eight years and the only times he's ever thought to leave is because of the way he's been treated either by a staff member or a customer yeah right it's not because that he doesn't get paid enough or that he doesn't like the view from his office or that he doesn't have enough lunch break or whatever it is it's because someone's been rude to him Mm. and the first one the person left before he did and then the second one was a customer and we closed their account Mm. I'd rather have him than the customer I'd imagine that then um you know, from the perspective of your staff who you clearly highly value, yeah. um, you know, I, I guess really feel supported by their, you know, by their leader as well. Well, they have to. Mm. Because if, if a staff member doesn't feel that they've got your support and as importantly, long-term employment, mm. like safe, secure, long-term employment, because you're not a rogue leader and you've got stable values, mm. they will leave. Because a lot of these guys, none of them want to, well, not none of them, a lot of them don't want to be business owners. They want to come and work for a cause they believe in, mm. get paid a fair amount of money and go home. Mm. And if you're either don't have their back or you don't have that stability, they don't feel comfortable and they'll start looking. Which I'd imagine publishing your 12 core values is uh, a, a goes a long way into creating that stability mm. as well. I think, you know, everyone right off the bat, including your clients by the sound of it. Um, they laugh at no, no, Well, they know exactly, <laughs> but, but they, I think they would know exactly where they stand as well. I um, think also for clients that we do deal with and that we do look after, they go, okay, that must mean I'm inside those values. Mm. I must be a good person, you know, yeah. or we, our values are in line. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person if they're not in line with our values. Everyone mm. has different values and that's mm. fine. That's why we have this planet. But, we want to deal with people that have values in line with ours. You know how sometimes people will just be like, you know, they, they just get it. You know, you'll have a conversation like, I like that guy. He just gets it. Mm. That's the values, your values being in line, you know. Mm. So we can't have people deal with us that don't have their values in line because we're like, he just doesn't get it. And it's not that he's dumb. He just has different values. And um, or values, even yeah. if they're not different. Or any values. No, just any values. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I guess they're still values. Their values are take everything that's in front of you even if it's not yours like mm. there's values it's like treat everyone like shit it doesn't matter mm. like but that's obviously something's happened to that person that's made them feel like they have to be like that as totally expected we've completely departed from, from, <laughs> from, from, from any railroad that I was that I laid down but um, re-engage well 
Well, no, I'm actually going to continue with that a little bit. So, uh, with your, I mean, what kind of leader? What kind of leader are you here? Um, I don't know how to answer that. I think you could probably ask my guys. Um, well, had what kind of leader do you think you are? I'm a tornado leader. <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> like, um, after I leave, everyone just goes, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> mm. But um, I, I guess, I don't know. It's really hard to answer. I I try to be um, a clear communicator as much as possible. Um, I try to be a fair leader. Um, I'm probably sometimes overly um, verbal with everything, mm. um, so I can be probably there'd be there'd be a lot of people that couldn't work under me because of the way I talk to people. It'd be personality yep. clash. They'd just stuff. be like, yeah. you can't say that to people. Like mm. I couldn't work. My wife works for a law firm. And it's like you walk into a library. Like I'd breathe too loud. <laughs> I would. So I couldn't work like that. Mm. I need chaos. I need there to be music playing and people mm. yelling at each other. Like I walk in here, and if you if you said stuff to people that you care about, like these guys say to each other, they'd leave. You'd, you'd lose them as a loved one, or mm. you'd get arrested for the way you're talking to people. Like mm. it's a it's a very um, colloquially I don't know diverse and blokey and. You know, it's hard. Like, and it can't be like that forever. It'll mm. it'll be like what happened at Newtons. We'll need to mature as a business. But at the moment, mm. it's fun. And I walk back in. I walk in here and I hear the banter and I feel comfortable. Mm. I'm like, this is, you know, because none of them mean harm to each other. Mm. So it's a fine line. Yeah, keeping it in context as well. Well, people, like, I'll give people shit like DK. And if you said, if, I, if anyone else said it to him, he might be like, what the fuck? Like, you can't mm. say that. But I don't mean any harm. I care about these guys and that's probably part of my personality and it might get to a point where I can't do it um, or I have to step away as CEO and put in a, a boring leader mm. <laughs> just to, yeah, which, to drive the biggest ship. I guess, um, I mean, you've been pretty clear that you want multiple locations and, you know, I don't even know that you've you've suggested that maybe the state border isn't even a barrier. Not at um, all. And to be honest, the, the border of the country is not a barrier. Yeah. If I was single and had no kids, mm. we would be it would be mental and I don't want to put that on them as a burden like mm. it's not I'm very happy that we've got kids and that I'm married and mm. um, it just changes the way I operate I'm not the the kind of director who will just go wife your problem I'm off for a month mm. consistently like I'll travel um, but yeah it would I'd be dangerous I think I think before we get onto the topic of um, you know Clint Adams the the dad the family man you want a um, message from one of our sponsors well yeah that's <laughs> Um, no, let, let's go um, right back to the start, though, the fluid design days. Yep. So, I mean, you sent through to me in preparation for this um, some company profiles to have a read of. Um, and I saw an evolution even in those two years. I think there was one or two years between the two profiles. Well, we were just moving as we needed to, yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, um, you're a South Park fan? Yeah. Well, and watched a lot of it, couldn't reference stuff. I remember, yeah. Underpants gnomes? No. Phase one, collect underpants. <laughs> phase two, phase three, profit. No. no? And, uh, it does sound like a good business then, Yeah, it was a fantastic episode. <laughs> but, you know, these underpants nodes ended up with this massive pile of um, of underwear because they hadn't worked out phase two. Which was what, getting gnomes? Well, no, phase two is clearly the... I'm, I'm assuming it's the selling of the underpants. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's some ambiguity, ambiguity around that. Which but, is probably um, why it's funny. Yeah, absolutely. But... Um, I would imagine that, um, like, you don't have any issues with phase two. I feel like you've always had a clear path to, like, you've always strategized exactly where things are going to go. Mm. Does that does that sound a lot of what accurate? I do is made, being made up on the spot. So, really? um, 
I know that I needed to get this many sales, mm. but there's no strict rule that it has to be around this. So um, my one of my weaknesses, and you can ask my accountant about this, is my budgeting skills are atrocious. Mm. So um, our, our current financial year's budget's not finished. Mm. I know my sales. That's all I've ever cared about is having the biggest sales number. The biggest pile of underpants. Never worried about the bottom line. Yeah. Which is selling. I, I still mm. sell those underpants. But um, a lot of it's being made up on the spot. Like that room you saw you saw the coffee machines being moved jamie's like okay what are we doing in this room i'm like no idea but i know that it'll come to me and it'll just happen and then it's like i'll see a fridge for sale and i'll be like that's for there or someone will be like hey do you need a desk we'll be like yep cool so like i'm i'm there's a hundred pots of stew in my head bubbling away or more all the time filled with ideas around water pro uniforms my backyard holidays with families jack's education celeste's happiness in our marriage my car getting service petrol blah 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 blah, 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 blah. all that shit's going on and so sometimes it'll take me longer to reply to a text or finish a budget or whatever because i'm not happy that it's stewed enough if that makes sense Mm. so that room stewing what how did this question start do I have oh, a clear I direction? I just feel like you've no. always had a clear direction, a clear pathway. <laughs> um, like I, I'd imagine phase three, for, I mean, you know, phase three is maybe global domination. <laughs> um, well, look, I, I don't, don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm probably at a bit of a, a, another kind of tack where I need to decide what happens next because um, I've got a really good business. Um, I've got a great network of friends. I've got a healthy, happy family. Mm. Everything's really good in my life. Mm. Now, do I want to mess with that? and Mm. take another risk as with my kids being so young like maybe i could nurse this for five years Mm. um and be a massive part because you you know what it's like i mean what held your oldest turns eight uh turns eight in a couple of days so they become less and less interested in well i'm finding with jack he's five and he's he's okay with me but he's becoming less interested in some other family members and he just wants to do his shit and Mm. it's he's not as like run and hug every time you see him he's like yeah hey like he's got his own shit going on so I'm aware that I'm conscious of Connor and Lucy being like that in the next five years. So I want to make sure I am there for those run and hugs more because they're not going to be there in five years or seven years or eight years. I can completely relate to that. Yeah. And they go to bed at this time. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably need to do some kind of soul searching, meditating, have dinner with Gary (laughs) V. Yeah. We might touch on Gary V in a minute. Um, Well, you've, um, you've, you've conversations, between you and I previously, you've you've referenced Gary V quite a lot. Yeah. So, you know, mental, um, you know, your mental time and and um, you know, refreshing mentally, um, as well as um, you know, you've referenced Gary V as being a mentor a few times as yeah. well. Like I, I feel like that's you know something that you've relied on a lot. Is yep. It now is um, you know, I'd imagine that. Do you read? Do you read books? Do I you listen to audio books. Listen to audio books. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I consume content visually and audibly. I don't like reading. Um, I never did at school. Mm. Um, I talked my way through most of school, Mm. which probably doesn't surprise you. I didn't read. I think I read the twits because they made us. Um, And I think if the education system was catered to suit my learning techniques better, I probably would have gotten further into it. But Gary Vee gave me permission to be me, I think. And some people like him. Like, he's got a massive fan base and some people think he's full of shit and he doesn't mm. really give a fuck. Um, but I'm pointing because that's one of his shoes. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> so, I guess I, I don't have much... I don't have other 
um, entrepreneurs in my network and I don't have um, a lot of people in my... Like, if you, you imagine if, if I went to PAC or Scotch or I don't even know what the names of these schools are mm. and all my friends' dads were business owners or whatever, right? Growing up, all my friends' parents were carpenters and worked at Meyer and worked at the bank and so their kids then grew up thinking I'm going to be a... Uh, whatever or didn't know mm. just went I just want to finish school once I finish year 12 everything should work itself out if I'd been surrounded by um, I mean look sliding doors you never know I probably could have just become a professional a lawyer accountant whatever I didn't have that around me so I don't have anyone to kind of go to and say hey um, what do you think the um, like a good number like a wage percentage of turnover in, a, in an inventory based business turning over 5 million dollars would be like do you think you'd move your wages from 17 to 20% with the interest of like trying to grow some market share for that 3%. Like, no, who do I talk to about that? So I just started listening and reading and listening. I had a business coach for a while, which I'm sure you probably touch on. Um, So I didn't know who to talk to. And then I just kept consuming stuff. And Rob Cooper actually gave me a book called Built to Sell, which was the first book I was ever given as a a business owner. And he's like, you'll love it. And I found it on audio, so I listened to it. So I've, I've had the book, but I didn't read it. And then that funneled me into an accounting company, which was uh, at the time Hoods, no, Shear and Ellis, which is where Simon Starr was working, who was my business coach. And then he, you fill out a survey. It's just their way of getting you in. Hmm. And then I ended up becoming a client of theirs. But then I started getting- With the business coaching? As a Hmm. business coach, not accounting. I had Hmm. another accountant at the time. And then he moved me into their accounting. So it was smart how they did it. But- I've always been really cynical about the paid help space because there is a lot of people out there selling shit that they don't understand. Mm. And so I've almost reluctantly, I've almost not spent money because I don't want to get hurt, whereas I should just be spending it and learning as I go. Mm. Um, So the Gary Vee things, free content, an unlimited amount, similar values to me, do the right thing, um, work hard, you know, like... I like the fact that he's documenting it. That's why we're here. Um, I like the fact that there's no secrets. Like, I want to have a clean sheet so that nothing can get caught out. I don't want there to be a moment in our future where someone goes, hey, this guy, all well and good, but he stole 100 grand off me. I don't, like, I can't have that. Mm. So, it, yeah, he gave me permission to just, and to be patient and and not be too stressed about the fact that we're only doing X amount of dollars when most people would dream of having their business, well, not most people, but there'd be a lot of people that'd be like, oh my God, mm. if I could turn over that much money, I'd be set. Mm. So, yeah. Was it him that um, was it him that was behind a video I think you posted a while ago on social media about the, um, was it about the, the people lottery or the, I think there's a people lottery about. Um, you know, he he would have posted a video saying that you're a, you won the lottery. You're a human being. Mm. Like you won in four trillion. I don't know what the number is, but mm. the fact that you're a human being, you mm. won. Mm. Like, what are you going to do about it? So, that so Celeste actually um, put Gary V um, on your uh, ladder of love. What's my ladder of love? Yeah. So, <laughs> did so, you contact Celeste? <laughs> uh, I, I, may, I may have. So now I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's like that, a buck show or a wedding. Oh god. I'm, I'm assuming that this is actually um, in in order of preference. Oh my god. Um, but um, <laughs> she's such a so dick. the kids. Yeah. Then Water Pro. Yep. His car. So this is my ladder of love. Your ladder of love. Yep. His car. Gary V. Phil Collins. Yep. The dog. Yeah. 
and then me being Celeste. Yeah, I think that she left Eminem out. Eminem? Yeah. Eminem's yeah. or Eminem? No, Eminem. Where Slim would that Shady, be? Marshall Mathers. Uh, I don't know. Would you reorder that if you could? Yeah, definitely. I don't like our dog, so our dog, you can cross the <laughs> so, dog So, well, I, it's funny that um, both you and Celeste have just called the dog the dog. Yeah. So, yeah. does the dog have a name or is it Yeah, the his dog? name's Lloyd. Lloyd. Okay, so drop Lloyd to the bottom. Yeah. I, I don't think we need a dog to make our family good. She does. Okay. Lloyd's her dog. So, okay. She's, I think that's her being a dick. Do you want to keep Celeste down the bottom there no. just to keep the dog and Celeste <laughs> um, together? Or? I think it would be fair to leave the kids as number one. Um, mm-hmm. I I would I th- I find it funny that people like oh, I love everyone the same mm. um, I I can love my kids differently and they can be number one mm. I Celeste can be number two I don't think it's fair that she's number seven um, this is this is her no that's right and I can't impose that on her uh, <clears throat> Gary V it's hard Water Pro is definitely up there like. Mm. Um, and it's it's a challenging balance for me sometimes to reconcile leaving my kids to come to WaterPro mm. because I know Celeste's fine, but there's times when I'm like, is this the best decision to be going and giving this time to a company over a child? Um, so yeah, what one the kids, two Celeste, three WaterPro, four my car, five Gary V, six Eminem, <laughs> Eminem at six. Especially now that his new album's out, he's he's back. You like it? Oh, I love it. Really? He's his new album motivated me to go to war again. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. And and yeah, I like it. I like that kind of hip hop. Like throw some shit at someone, take it back. Mm. Like the battle. I like it. So I think that. And he's a lyricist. Yeah. Linguist. Whatever. Yeah. And I don't mm. have the I don't have the skill set to do that in sport or music. But I think I've got the skill set to do it in business. Mm. So for me, that white line fever that people talk about, I only get that when I step out of the the house and mm. come into my business world. To give you confidence to strike while the iron's hot, I feel like WaterPro in the last couple of years has always been in and around the right mark. Um, I think um, like lawn porn was a pretty good example of that. Mm. You know, uh, I that that felt to me like it was like, it was perfect timing. Yep. Um, it was there. Yep. It just sort of turned up one day, and well, then yeah, and we, we I reached out to them yeah early, yeah, like three thousand likes or seven thousand likes or something, yeah, and no one else was, yeah. Um, I think that's probably the advantage of having a, a director run company, no shareholders. Yeah, well, I I think um you know the more the more top heavy management is, I think the harder those decisions become. Well, you imagine taking that to a board? Hey, we're going to sponsor a company with porn in the name, and mm. you know do videos and buy a camera and drive mm. to Wyala or fly here like well talk us through talk us through lawn porn so lawn porn was a um or is a facebook page that um i started to see traction on so obviously i've spent a lot of time in the social media world um i spent a lot of time on facebook and i saw some movement so i reached out and said hey what are you doing do you have a sponsor and he he was like what do you mean i think he was still very young in in the page and very young in business like didn't understand and they were adelaide based yeah, yeah, he was in Wyala at the time. Um, and then, so we just started back and forth, back and forth. And then um, we were sponsoring. So we'd pay to be like, so you, with Facebook, you can pay to have a sponsored post. You can pay for a video. You could pay to be the cover photo. You could run competitions and pay for the rights to do that. So that was how it was operating. And then 
the page just exploded mm. um, over that probably the last growing season so that kind of spring and summer mm. and then more people started noticing so more money was coming in and more opportunity was coming in and um, then it got to a point where we were I was involved in the operation of the business more um, and then probably February it would have been this for, for calendar year it all fell, fell apart and um, Lawn Porn as a company has gone in one direction and Clint Adams as an individual is not part of that direction okay so um, we'd always sold fertilizer um, not to the scale that Lawn Porn do but we did sell a lot of Lawn Porn fertilizer in that first season mm. um, I wasn't happy with how it was handled so I decided to start our own range um, Lawn Hub Lawn Hub so that we've got a range to sell um, because we do have customers coming in here buying fertilizer I think I had a bottle it's not here anymore we used to sell we've, we had water f- we had fertilizer bottles we've still got them here from our, with our step near address on them oh really so we would have moved here four or five years ago so we were selling fertilizer before just not in any scale mm. um, you look at companies like Munns I don't know if you guys have your own range of fertilizer you probably should um, but they have their own custom bags it's just you know it's like like black and gold kind of mm. or like Woolworths Select or whatever they do you have your own brand you control it so now we control that um, the avenue to market for that we control the the way the brand's used but when someone's looking to buy that they don't they're not comp- we're not competing on price as much as we are mm. we're not mm. do you know what I mean like I do yeah everything else we sell you can buy anywhere else but that but that's yours that's ours mm. So some cheeky branding, yeah, and that's fun as well, and some customization. I'm a big fan of customization, so we'll continue to have like there's Amy's Wet there. That's one of our competition winners, so we put her name on the the bottle. Um, you could have like Carl got laid, and that could be fun. Um, and so now I've got the printer. I've got unlimited potential to make labels, which makes I think it's funny. Has um, anyone come to you with a? With a customized label where even Clint Adams has gone, I'm not I'm not putting that on there. There's no word that I'm not comfortable with. I think swearing I'm fine with swearing. Um, I'm fine with all the words. I'm fine with my kids saying all the words as long as they use them in context and they're not derogatory towards other people. Most people would disagree with me on that, but is what it is. Including my wife. Mm. But they're my kids and hers. But you know, Jack knows not to swear around her and he swears around me. And now he's he's five and he's got enough emotional intelligence not to swear around women, grandparents, mm. other people not be derogatory good not for everyone so um so yeah that's it that's that's now i've got my own fertilizer range um yeah i so lord hub's now on social media as well has has its own hub its own we've got a a page following pushing close to 900 um we are about to embark on a ridiculously intense facebook marketing strategy with that um I don't like it when, if you tread on my throat, make sure you do a good job. Like, <laughs> because when we, when I get pushed down, I come back up pretty hard. And I, I've said it to DK before. I'm kind of a wartime general. I don't. Yeah, you've mentioned that to me. A few I don't times. lead well. Like everything's going good. I'm just like, oh man, what do I do now? I just go eat some burgers and drink beers and just wait for a tragedy. Mm. <laughs> so it's bad because sometimes I think I let tragedies happen. You know, like maybe so things make sense. We'll extend someone to the point where they owe us a lot of money and then go broke. And I'm like, all right, we need to go back to war, boys, because something mm. bad's happened. Mm. And subconsciously, I've allowed that to happen because I need bad to happen for me to 
move forward wake up and do it so mm. yeah the like that there i was that lawn um the lawn porn deal was a handshake deal mm. and you know handshake deals are only as good as the person that's on the other hand mm. and so when that fell apart there's no legal recourse you know you can sue someone but what you're gonna say to the judge hey he shook my hand i'm like oh that's cute well, hopefully it was warm because that's all you're going to well, get. Well, I can so. say from the outside looking in, I was unaware of any of this stuff. So yeah. um, I think you've done a um, pretty good job of, I, I didn't want it to be too... I think it's important for the people that are involved to know why I'm doing it. Mm. Um, the byproduct of that is that the end user gets a really high quality product mm. at a competitive price because I don't care if I make money on that. That's mm. about revenge. That's not about... <laughs> that's why that's called envy because the it's a play on words they're all plays mm. if you drill into all these names you start like if you really know you'll really know i might have a crack at solving those puzzles so later. um but i was also conscious not to um encroach on any um i guess branding because you know i could have just used all the same names and whatever else but um i wanted lawn hub to be its own entity mm. and still have a, be a fun play on words because i think that's cool um probably opens up avenues as well i mean um if that was water pro branded i guess then it really only makes sense being pushed so yeah that's right mm. so that's its own website it's, its own facebook page um mm. i've got a, a facebook marketing guy working on that exclusively mm. um he doesn't have anything to do with water pros marketing um we're going up to brizzy in two weeks for the australian lawn fanatics they've got a um what is it lawn fest mm. at a turf farm so that should be pretty cool and so it'd be i'll be talking a bit about that but i don't there's a lot of fertilizer companies out there and there's a lot of companies that will sell the same stuff we sell more as a lower cost so you've kind of got lawn porn up here at x dollars per kilo lawn hub here at half x per kilo and mm. then generic fertilizer at a quarter x per kilo mm. now that generic fertilizer and that fertilizer and that fertilizer is all the same fertilizer mm. the difference is that's got national branding radio bullshit and someone making lots of money that's got we need to buy this and split it up and cover the cost and this has got we are a national or international fertilizer company selling bulk amounts so you could buy Trojan in 20 kilo bags from someone for say 65 bucks mm. or you buy a five kilo tub from us for 1995. Mm. You might not need 20 kilos. It's not for everyone, but um, I think it's just important for consumers to be aware of what's, a what's out there. I mean, people aren't stupid. The internet's making the world smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. You want fertilizer, you can, people can buy whatever they want. Um, so devoted father? Definitely. Loving father of three? Yep, Husband. I don't know of. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I've always how do you balance it all careful. out? Because you're always busy, you know. Um, um, I'd imagine you have a tendency to take work home. Every day. Yeah. And, and I don't just mean taking the actual work home. No, no, no. I'm, I'm working mean, all I the mean time. bringing it home. 100%. Yeah. Um, if my... I think if Celeste could... If she had, a, uh, I guess, one wish from a fairy, it would be that I didn't do any work in the walls of the house for a period. So, like, phone goes away. Mm. But I guess... Um, that's something that I'm conscious of and I need to work on. If I'm awake, I'm thinking about lots of stuff. Um, it's not just work, but it's predominantly work because everything else kind of takes care of itself. Mm. Um, you know, our kids go to childcare. That's pre-booked. They go there, they get picked up, they get dropped off. Like, I don't have to think about that. I just have to make sure I'm there for that time and there for that time. But, you know, the amount of different things that can happen in a work day aren't planned. 
so mm. um but yeah like if if we had a call right like I'm, obviously my phone's not on but if the guys needed me mm. they would come in if Celeste called I'd go like it's not yeah. nothing takes precedent over their their safety I guess so Celeste described you as a fun lovable annoyingly witty painful stubborn and driven and will do anything to anyone close to him do, we'll, do, we'll anything, do anything for anyone yeah. <laughs> close <laughs> like, to him yeah and I think that's fair like I guess you asked earlier about my leadership for the people that are inside my inner circle I'll do anything mm. like anything um, at my own to my own detriment mm. um, and I don't expect anything in return on the flip of that if you shit on me mm. <laughs> we're going that way so yeah like and that's there's, there's plenty of other examples mm. um, there's not plenty there's probably four um, how do you how do you fill up your time with your kids? The time that you do get away from work, what do you hard. do to, like early, to get the most out of being a dad? Early, like when we just had one, it was easy. Me and Jack mm. would go to the plaza and have like we'd eat food and play games and go to Civic Park and all this other shit. Mm. Now that we've got three kids and two of them are of the same age, it's really hard to do anything as a dad with um, all three, especially because Connor and Lucy are at an age now like they're what twenty months old or whatever the the exact months are. Mm. We'll say one point seven five, and <laughs> They, you can't do anything because as soon as anything falls off the cliff it's a meltdown and then you've got two having a meltdown like mm. I remember with Jack I'd go shopping with him under my arm right like I'd just carry him mm. and you know you'd have like like if Celeste went shopping she'd pack a bag and I'm like if he shits he's he's holding on to that shit for the, the time that we're there <laughs> but um, at the moment we spend most of the time we're together we're at home mm. so well, Jack loves watching YouTube and Connor and Lucy just love throwing shit around and they're they're young so I'm mm. um, in time I hope there's going to be it'll be easier to take all three and have them listen to me and, and walk the, or the direction mm. that the whole herd's walking because it's yeah the two the two youngest ones the twins are they very different very very different um, you know and obviously one's a boy and one's a girl um, Connor is um, he's really witty he's got a lot of those attributes that you had just described me mm. with um he is stubborn and he's yeah Lucy's kind of like a lot more chill um, kind of watches the world like it's going to be interesting to watch them grow and I guess after having twins helps you um, appreciate that people are born a, a certain way and that, that nature versus nurture argument um, is definitely nature with some nurture like, yeah, I agree. I actually wanted to touch on the nature versus yeah. nurture thing. And every time I hear of twins, I always, yeah. I always ponder, uh, you know, how different because you can they see can their be. personalities really yeah. early. Like you can see any kid's personality. You yeah. can see if they're going to be cheeky or witty or yeah. or fun or quiet or like Connor's. Uh, Jack never liked reading, and Connor, anytime there's a book, he'll like grab it, on it and has to look at the pictures. And mm. his understanding of language is insane. Like he talks, Lucy doesn't. So. And that's a danger as well because you start to compare the two because they're the same age and they were born two minutes apart. So, mm. yeah, why isn't she talking? But why is he? Which is mm. not fair on anyone. But they were—they definitely got their own unique personalities, and obviously those personalities—it's our responsibility as parents not to fuck that up. Mm. Like you've got this canvas with some paint on it. Mm. Finish the painting well. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. So, but how do you do that? Well, some canvases are probably more prone to yeah. the different paints anyway. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, we're lucky we we've never had trouble like i'm i'm really lucky like um you know i guess from a death standpoint i've had nothing tragic you mm. know our kids are 
had no health issues we had i mean celeste had to deal with childbirth i didn't have to even deal with that and mm. just be there <laughs> like yeah except for during the epidural i hear what's that except for during the epidural i i, I you beelined it out of the- i didn't want to watch a needle go into her yeah. back no i wasn't yeah. comfortable with that yeah. um but that was that was a pretty crazy time I, mm. I think she just had a 13 hour labor and then you wouldn't swap would you no way no, man. I mean, I, if, if, no, we, no, if you had, if to, I had to have <laughs> kids i wouldn't yeah. have kids that's why men can't yeah, have kids yeah i don't think it, i'm alone like yeah. no way I shouldn't say i wouldn't swap i think it's um i'm certainly not certainly not envious but of how you kids know. are brought into the world you know it's all you yeah. know i mean if you grew up knowing that as a male you were capable of having children and when you're older it was your responsibility if you mm. wanted to have children you had to be the one that had them you'd probably look at it differently yeah we've just it's a life-changing moment for you becoming a dad for the first time like, yeah you know, i think so i don't I think it puts a clock on things a bit differently. Mm. Um, I think prior to having Jack, I was just cruising, doing whatever. Mm. Didn't re- still don't have as much regard for my own personal health and welfare, but more now with kids. Mm. Um, so and now Jack's five. Mm. So where did those five years go? And what have we done to further advance our our goals and family ambitions and happiness and you know. So talking about health, one of the things that you've been really open with on social media has been uh, your uh, battle with your weight and, yep. and, and general health. Um, I don't even I know, think it's a battle anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that castle's <laughs> been taken. I've just put the white flag up. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, um, you know, there's some real evidence that you worked really hard. I mean, yeah. you don't have to flick back too far back through some of your profiles to see some photos of you and you know you, you lost a lot of weight that must have been a lot of hard work was that um was that as a result of being a dad do you think that was about about uh, sort of you know no. getting a better handle on yourself physically and i don't think it probably was coincidental that it was at a similar time i, th- mm. I mean um i you think spoke about alcohol a bit as well yeah the alcohol has been a massive part of my life mm. for a long time um and probably most of the bad most of the good things and the bad things that i've ever achieved have been tied directly to alcohol <laughs> so building water pro to the stage that it's at was heavily covered by alcohol mm. and anytime i've been mean or rude to someone it's probably been heavily mm. tied to alcohol so mm. um Along i with the physical health effects as well yeah which i don't even that that's the funny thing like i'm i don't think about that i think about mm. did i hurt someone's feelings i don't think about mm. is my liver about to pack it in <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Gary V, to refer back to him, has a full-time health employee. Um, right now, if I could, I'm very close to having a full-time health employee and a full-time assistant. If even if that meant I had zero dollars left, mm. I think that the the gain that I would get from it would make more money than it would cost, and that I don't ever see myself having enough um, mental attention given towards the preparation of food mm. for me to eat healthy um that's and that's part of the like identifying i guess gary v talks a lot about identifying your weaknesses and then working it out i don't mind eating the healthy food i'm just not going to make it and i'm not going to go get it mm. and uber don't deliver you know poached chicken and rice mm. uber deliver crunchy chicken burgers <laughs> and if you you want to there's a good way to to, like find out about a man <laughs> log into their uber account <laughs> and can you can you do that well i could show you out right. my history but like i would spend 200 bucks a week on uber oh really so 
you know, I could probably almost employ a chef <laughs> to make me for that, food. Yeah, That's not including enough. the food we buy for our house. Yeah. So it's something it's it's something I need to deal with. Every time I go to deal with it, some more time goes past. Um, you know, I'm like, I'll just do it after the footy season. I'll mm. just do it after I turn my birthday. I'll just do it after this. I'll just do it after Christmas. And it just kind of mm. disappears and all of a sudden. Do you recognize, um, just getting back onto your kids, do, yeah, do you recognize that... They're the products of the way that you yeah, sort of treat them and do with them. We're having trouble with Jack and mm. his eating at the moment mm. um, because he doesn't want to eat anything except white and yellow food. And that's just learnt behaviour. How many white and yellow foods are there? Um, you have egg whites, rice, pasta, mm. chips. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Well, there's not a lot, but there's enough to cover his... Mm nutritional requirements to a point mm. um he doesn't like the yellow and white foods that are healthy though like banana and anyway um backstage in the green room um we were talking about your childhood growing up yep um you know you um have spoken previously about you know being the sum of all parts um mm-hmm. you know your, your mother and your father's influence as well yep. who um you know my understanding is that um my understanding is that you, you grew up with, with your parents not living together. 100%. So, mum yeah. and dad got divorced when I was two. Mm. Um, so, how old was two? Well, I would, might not have even been two. I might have been under two. Um, so, yeah, dad um, would see us, would only see me, I think, in the early stages once a fortnight for two days. Mm. Excuse me. So, yeah, um, I was predominantly brought up by my mum and my sister and my mum and I were the only ones living in the house. So... Um, I was brought up by women mm. more than men. So didn't have that kind of, you know, jockey footy. I mean, even then, my dad's not that kind of guy. Like, we wouldn't have gone to footy games and gone fishing and whatever else because, I don't know, I mean... Wouldn't have done it anyway. I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, if you look, if you started to look at, if you asked my stepmom to write down, I guess, an explanation of what my dad's like, you'd probably see some pretty similar descriptions in that you know, driven, um, stubborn, um, yeah. So cares about the people inside his circle. And if you tread on his throat, watch out. But mm-hmm. yeah, so mum, predominantly, yeah, a lot of time with mum um, until I moved out really. So just saw dad on weekends, which was hard because it was always dad and my sister and my stepmom, but it was never mm-hmm. just one-on-one. So on the business side of things, you know, a lot of your dad's, attributes are there that sort of that real driven focus, that real driven focus type thing but then empathy and all those other bits and pieces you know your mum's side do you yeah think, and look not to say that dad's not empathetic but mm. um i didn't spend much time like if dad and i talk about stuff it's probably business mm. you know especially considering you know ever since i moved out of home i've run a business mm. whether it been mine or someone else's mm. um and i probably didn't um uh, like go to dad enough in the early days with questions because mm. he's been through all this like he's run a business mm. a very successful business um, he chose to do it without staff and I've chosen to do it with staff but it's still a successful business um, and my stepmom said it to me like months or years like in the last 12 months you know you can talk to your dad about this like he's he's been through it and you, I don't it doesn't register mm. because I wasn't I didn't watch it like I didn't I wasn't at home with dad coming home and being like, oh, today at work or today. Happened, yeah. It just didn't know about it. Like mum did the best she could 
in the situation that we were in and she was always there because she was either working part-time or was being on the pension because you know single mum two kids mm. what through 82 to 95 or well that's the like the primary school years mm. um so yeah we just business wasn't you know i didn't know anything about it so and do you think that your um you know your relationship with your kids is somehow influenced um by your childhood your Definitely. upbringing i think um, i think anyone who says it is trying isn't. to fill in gaps as well well i guess you know um mum and dad couldn't stay together so they didn't have a successful marriage mm. but they've both got successful lives mm. i think if anything i'm trying to make sure that i have a successful life mm. and maintain our successful marriage that we chose mm. and i don't there's no like i don't advocate for any like parents to stay together for the sake of their kids i think if you're not in love you need to separate and how you handle that separation is key mm. and they were good mum the whole way along it's like it's not because mum and dad don't love you mm. they just don't love each other and this is what they've had to do um and she, like as much as mum probably would have liked to talk badly about dad and the situation she, she never did it was never it was always like these kids need to grow up and make their own decisions around what they want mm. um so i i guess at the time that i spend with my kids it'll play out i don't know um i definitely i mean you're impacted by life aren't you like of course mm. so yeah i think so um yeah and uh you and celeste you know starting up a you know a startup business takes a lot of time you, you, and, you and celeste are you know good partners in the, uh, in the in the whole of approach you know there's there's the business side and then there's the family side as well yep. um you know and collectively you know your family unit are supporting both of those things yeah um you and celeste make great partners I think so. I think sometimes Celeste and I feel like we're like housemates more than husband and wife mm. because we're living such fast paced. Like she still works three to four days a week mm. with our kids and we co-parent. Um, I don't know how the balance would go. We co-parent and I guess from a home chores point of view, she'd probably run 80% of what happens mm. up to 100% some days. So she's working three days a week and running the household mm. and then I'll come in for 10 to 20% depending on like what requirements I'm talking like cooking bins mm. dishwasher I, I don't want to cook I don't want to clean I don't want to put washing out like if I had my way that's why I was saying like if I was a single man with no kids I would be dangerous because mm. I'd have a cook a cleaner a full time health coach and I'd just run business and make mm. enough money to cover all that shit mm. and then have my leisure Celeste's more old school. She's like, if you choose to have a house, then you need to look after it. If you choose to have children, then you need to feed them yourself. If you choose to have clothes, you need to wash them yourself. Like, so there's there's always a battle there. But battle I guess, or good balance? I mean, it sounds to me like it's a good balance. I want a cleaner. She yeah, doesn't. Okay. Um, so that's a battle. So she, what was the this, the conversation went? I think we should get a cleaner, and she's like, we're not getting a cleaner. I'm like, cool, you clean then. And she's like, no, we we share that. I'm like, let's get a cleaner. She's like, no, you do half, I'll do half. I'm like, I'll pay for my half to get done. She's like, we're not getting a cleaner. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's not, it's all fun. But, um, yeah, I probably don't... Celeste and I don't get enough time, just us two. Mm. But um, I think we also feel guilt around asking for more help. Um, you know, like saying to grandparents, hey, can you look after three kids like and two 18-month-olds or one-year-olds or whatever it was at the time so that we can just go drink wine for a day mm. we chose to have the kids so 
I think as the kids get older, we'll probably find that I hope that we'll spend more time as husband and wife again and friends. At the moment, it feels like we're both like like CEO and managing director of our family (laughs) and it's just meeting at board meetings, which is at the dinner table. Like there is so much shit that we haven't covered that you just cross two ships in the night. Like last night, I got home bath the kids she was out off to the gym she got home i'm on the, my computer trying to deal with some other shit and then it's just like so you high five on the way past and that's it yeah even that like some nights you don't even like i'll just be like oh she's asleep all right cool mm. <laughs> i'll see you tomorrow but and you know i start at seven here sometimes so then you've got to get out and get the kids up and mm. uh netflix any netflix shows that you indulging do you sort of go home and sharpen the tool by just not thinking about stuff i did so i don't i don't like watching commercial television i think i think the more i get into marketing the more i see it for what it is and i'm just like this mm. is ridiculous like the show is heavily dominated and by the reality and the yeah. but it's not reality they call it reality tv sorry reality <laughs> yeah. tv yeah um like in what reality do you get to choose to have 10 chicks come and live with you and, and you can make out with all of them until you choose one of them to marry you? Like, that's not reality TV. Mm. But it works. The marketing's good. The producers get great tears and they get mm. the fans and all. So I, I prefer to watch, I guess, TV series. The last series as I watched would have been Suits and Billions. Suits is good. And Suits and Billions are good because mm. I'm like, I'm him. You relate to <laughs> You that. know, that's yeah. me. And then you kind of get motivated and then it's dangerous because... You could always tell, like if my guys would always be able to tell if I watched an episode of Suits the night before because I'm like, mm. we're going to take over these guys and we're going to do this. But um, Harvey Specter style. Yeah. Mm. So who was it? Oh, D on my accountant. Mm. Um, him and I talk about Suits a lot and I'm like, you're Mike. And he's like, no, you're Mike. I'm like, no, you're Mike. <laughs> so, accountant has to be Mike. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Well, it depends on how good your accountant is, I guess. Mm. But um, so and Billions with The Rock. Um, love watching that. Um but I've tried not to get into any more series because my personality type is such that if I start watching them, I won't stop until You're it's finished. You're a binge watcher. And I'll, mm. I won't even come in. You'll just lose me for 48 hours mm. and I'll have it done and then I'll be done and I'm off we go again. So um, I watch YouTube a lot. Yeah. Um, if I'm at home with Connor and Lucy and Jack's not there, I'll just have Gary V playing in the background or Casey Neistat or any one of those people that are just producing fun content around mm. business or Casey's really just a vlog. Which gives you a bit of a mental edge as well. Gary V, to a point, I mean, I've, there's not much new stuff that you can... I, I Like, I could do his keynote. Oh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I've listened to his shit so much yeah. that I could get up and say all the stuff. I couldn't answer the questions, but... Mm. Um, so, I'm kind of running out of content. I'd love to find another Gary V. It would be insane, mm. but I don't think... There Who's Gary V's Gary V, do you know? He doesn't have one openly. His mum. Basically, okay. so he attributes his success to his, the upbringing of his dad being a hard worker and his mum giving him permission to be himself and being an unbelievable mum. So I feel like you're pushing yourself down a path where, you know, there's obviously in the background, there's um, Clint Adams, the dad and the husband, yep. and there's Clint Adams, the business operator and yep. all the other things that we've spoken about. But then there's also this element of, um, you know, Clint Adams... Uh, I don't know if you if you connect with the word entrepreneur or the or the, t- the title entrepreneur. I don't mind the word. I think know, some entrepreneur, people have but also like but also weird. social media, um, you know, social media. Not, maybe not celebrity yet, but yeah. you know, social social media micro, identity, micro identity. Well, an identity. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I I feel like you uh, maybe have aspirations to you know pick the ball up and run with that a little Definitely. bit. Definitely. And mm. any time I get an opportunity to speak, I'll take it. Mm. Um, 
with what I think this month later it might be a week or two I'm actually speaking at the Mawson Lakes Gardening Club mm. and that was booked a year ago Matt's mm. like oh they want you to speak I'm like I'll do it now mm. <laughs> he's like no nah, October next year I'm like oh, yeah. okay um, so it blurs the lines though between you know your personal life and your professional life when you put certain elements of you know of your um, you frame certain elements of your professional life as being personal yeah and then you put that out there for everybody um i think that i need to set some clear rules around it and i haven't yet mm. um gary v you won't find photos of his kids mm. at all like he decided not to put his kids or his wife into the public eye he and because he gives so much everyone respects that and don't doesn't ask mm. they're like he's given us everything that's what he wants to keep to himself i'm not as concerned about that and and jack's in, expressed interest in becoming a YouTuber. Um, so that's a conversation Celeste and I have to continue to have. Um, I've spoken to people like DK about that because DK has YouTube fame. Experience in it, yeah. And has experienced the pitfalls of that and the joys of that. Mm. Um, but DK is also an adult and can make his own decisions around his personal safety. Now, mm. what's the risk of Jack becoming a YouTube star which there's quite seven. a there's quite a lot of young kids out there who have millions of followers uh, and millions of dollars yeah because they yeah. go hand in hand yeah they do and then you know one or two crazy people that want to go kidnap them or mm. hurt them or take a photo of them and aren't conscious of the social boundary of not waiting outside their house to do it so with a child who can't reconcile that either no and that's all they've ever known I mean we've grown up in a, mm. in a world like if, if I became famous in any manner as a 36 year old or a 35 year old then that's cool because I've experienced life and I know how to deal with that and I know how to turn it off and I know not to go certain places at certain times like I've got enough intelligence around that or experience mm. Jack doesn't so it's as I said before it's our responsibility as parents not to damage that painting mm. by it's hard like if I don't let him do it and then he misses out or if I do let him do it and it hurts him forever like mm. what do you do you never know the alternative but so water pro um if we saw a series on netflix on water pro would we talking reality or are we talking enacted no no no. it would be the office it'd be the office <laughs> but yeah. live it would be a yeah. it would be a vlog it'd be more dks and just catching these idiots yeah. doing stupid shit i'd love to do that i think that um there'd be it'd be good for dk to capture some more of that but i'm not sure that all of our staff are comfortable as comfortable with the camera mm. um, I think there'll be a point where any new staff that come on part of the onboarding process will be like look if you're not comfortable with film this is probably not the place for you mm. if you're not comfortable with a rogue director this is probably not the place for you if you're not comfortable with changes of decision at short notice this is probably not the place for you but um, yeah that would be yeah I think it would be a like a not like Big Brother but <laughs> like just have cameras everywhere in the shop yeah. and just capture crazy conversations so far more actually real reality oh yeah well why not like yeah. I mean we could easily curate this content completely differently and there's just this like me wearing a tie and like hi I'm Clint from your friendly water pro store and mm. this is what doesn't happen uh, like but then someone will see me in the street and be like hey dude like I'm drunk somewhere they're like you're a lot looser in real life than on your videos mm. And why do your staff swear in the shop, but on the videos, it's all real straight and narrow. So I, I, can't, yeah. I couldn't do it that way. Fair enough. Um, we spoke just um, earlier um, about Gary Vee and you pointed to the shoes. Now, yep. one thing that I think maybe the, um, the 
the viewers of this or the listeners wouldn't know. Well, actually, this is probably really only set up for, for video. Um, we've got yeah. listeners here not being able to see what we're pointing at. But, you know, behind us is the uh, the trophy cabinet. Um, so you've told me before that every item on this on this, um, on this this cabinet has some significant relevance yeah. for you and, yep. and, and, and how you got here. Most do. <laughs> Mo- most do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, admittedly, I think I've put something There's on There's a bag morning, of rolled but... oats down there. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the shoes was one that you were the most proud to. Um, I well, think was- they were hard to get. Yeah. So Gary V, um, I guess in true Gary V style, decided to start his own shoe range with K Swiss, and that specific shoe is a size that fits me, which is a challenge because I've got a size fourteen foot, mm. um, and they're a limited edition. I don't know how many he sold. Do you know? Like a thousand? No, it wouldn't have been many. Limited. Very limited. So I had to find. I had to bid for that on StockX. Um, but I didn't. I wanted to get a size that fit me, so because I could have bought a size nine or a size ten easy. Mm. Um, so I bought them. I don't know. I just a couple of reasons. One, I wanted them, and if I want something, I just go get it. Mm. Two, I wanted to kind of have something limited, which is good from him. I think it was his 001. Is that his 001? I reckon it is. It was like, I think that was his first shoe. I reckon that's his first shoe. He had the the O ones and the O twos at the same time. And then, then there was the yellow and black one, which was crushing it. So the clouds and dirt, he just had unlimited quantities mm. and whatever. Um, and it was, I guess, to say thank you. Like, And as he's always said, he puts so much shit out for free. When he mm. asks for something in return, um, he doesn't expect people to say yes, but he kind of expects that everyone says yes. Do you know what I mean? Like he I won't do, yeah. be upset that they say no. And I think a lot of the things that I do as a business owner run in parallel and I didn't know what it meant like I do stuff for people without expecting anything in return mm. and then every now and then I'll ring up and go hey we've just started selling some fertilizer would you like to buy some mm. and people go yeah of course man like if it helps you that's that's great we'll do that so I bought them I guess firstly I had to build the shelves so that I had a backdrop mm. this is completely ripped off from Gary V um, he's got shelves like this behind his mm. podcast and a similar colored table and <laughs> similar chairs <laughs> His microphones are better. Um, <laughs> so I've actually built this shelf. Did you? Yeah, really, really badly. Um, if you look at it, don't look at it too much, but I didn't know that you had to mix thinners with varnish. So I just painted the varnish on. So this is the shit that I didn't get taught growing up. Mm. I don't know that. So um, I just started putting it together. And that's very much ready fire, ready fire aim. Mm. I just started building it to the point that I ran out of fittings. So the top fitting, you can see there's a black threaded riser up there. I just ripped that out of the irrigation shop and just mm. made that because, yeah. So the shoes are honestly a tip of a hat to Gary. And if anyone's watching that's that knows Gary, they'll see it. They'll be like, oh, okay. Okay. Do you buy, are you the kind of guy that would buy two pairs so you can wear a pair if and I have could, a pair? If I could, yeah, you couldn't definitely. Get them. No way, man. Would you ever wear those? I'm probably going to wear them. I'm having dinner with Gary V in... On October the 18th. Okay. So I might Have you met Gary before? No. No. You don't meet Gary V. Right. <laughs> so, well, you do. He's pretty accessible, but not that kind of meeting. Um, so I might wear them to that and get him to sign them for me. Nice. Th- there's no likelihood I'll ever sell them. Mm. So, like, I don't need the money. So why mm. why not wear them? Not, why not wear them, but in a very specific, like, wear them, put them back in the box. Mm. So, I don't know. I've never been a shoe guy, so... You know, like guys that had all the Jordans and... Did you ever have that kind of shit? No, not really. I mean, I'm wearing a pair of silver Reebok pumps right now. Pretty proud of those. They're not easy to find. <laughs> I had Reebok pumps. Yeah. My mum, when she married for the second time, went to San Francisco and bought me back some Reebok pumps. I don't know where they are now, but... 
do you sneens? Do you wear sneakers and jeans? You're wearing sneakers and jeans. <laughs> nice. Proudly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got a rule that says that if you wear sneakers and jeans, like you need to have two things. Kids? No, 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 no. One, one is one is gout, and 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 the other one is a doctor's certificate. There's a good, there's a good chance I've got gout. Oh, I don't have the doctor's certificate. Um, yeah, I don't know how that came about. I, I've always like I think a traditional waterproof uniform was jeans with like Vans or like a, mm. a casual shoe, mm. um, which I think I've got some lying around. But would you call that? jeans and sneakers though like a well, casual shoe you have to define sneakers no it has to be they have to be Asics New Balance Nike mm. they can't be yeah they can't be like yeah. generic like yeah. SB whatever those Dunlops yeah. are like it has to be yeah. a shoe that is designed for, for running running in the section that says <laughs> joggers yeah that's yeah. it yeah. Um, and I, I don't think you can be as critical of the Sneens if they're not white New Balances I think and that's what my dad wears. I have to get a photo for him. Another one's you made. He loves The it. white ones. He loves it. And if they get on. dirty, he buys new ones. Really? Like, yep. I don't know what he does with the old ones. He should donate them to charity. I think he goes through a few pairs. <laughs> so, he used to wear Adidas Roams. Yeah. My dad used to wear Adidas Roams as well. And it was Do you know shopping. what they are? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean... Cla- they should, if they bought them out now, they would... They'd brain be it. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, yeah. They're like a, a casual... Like, the, you know, the, the tiger... What are they called? Agusika or whatever. whatever they are. The Asics Tigers? They like that, but they just got they're a white shoe with just three blue stripes on them, and that's it. Eighties, like, a bit Run DMC ish, yeah. Not quite as big dad used to yeah. love them, but like all dads used to love them. Yeah, well, you, should love, a, you should love them, your dad. You do love them, your dad. I just want the shoes, but I can't get them because I'm a size fourteen, so I can't buy. I, like for me to buy shoes, and this has been a problem since I was probably twelve or fourteen. Mm. I'd walk into a shoe shop and say, "Can you bring out all the fourteens, please?" And then I'd have that was my choice. It wasn't like, "Hey man, that's a wicked shoe. Can I have mm. that?" No. So yeah, I got a bit of a chip on my shoulder about, about shoes. So, I usually just buy them online. Look, there's a lot of things we haven't covered today. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a lot of things we have covered. Um, What I would like to round it off with is um, there's always, you know, there's always that proverb about, um, always that proverb about the the plumber has the leaky tap. Um, You know, there's this expectation that I've got a, you know, a jungle at my house. Yeah, I um, know no one would be surprised if you don't. Yeah, I would. Well, I would imagine that your place is an oasis with no. water bubbling out of <laughs> whatever model yep. hunter pop up everywhere. No, no, not at all. We we haven't landscaped yet, so when it's done, it'll be done. Um, but no, we. I don't actually have an irrigation system. I don't even think I have a tap in the backyard. To be honest, I think that we started ripping stuff out and there's just a bent pipe so um it's weird like i don't i love business and irrigation is the business that i chose Mm. but i'm not obsessed with it Mm. um you know there's probably more people in the market that are more suited to be the spokesperson for irrigation you know matt who works here is definitely more educated in irrigation yeah a lot of the guys are matt's really good um but you know Chris and Brandon and it's actually becoming very Simon technical orientated too isn't it this industry I think it always has been I just think that no one's been watching Mm. okay Um, like you know now with the I guess the explosion of Facebook groups and Mm. online business the information's all out there but then a little bit of information can be dangerous and all of a sudden people think they're a professional and you'd see that in horticulture or Mm. landscaping especially master landscapers you know Mm. as soon as you've done a bit of paving you're now a landscaper so um, no, my backyard is not um, very 
watery and even when we do do it it'll be pretty vanilla um obviously i've got access to anything i want Mm. um you know we won't have the most advanced controller we probably won't have any rainwater tanks we won't have any pumps um yeah it'll just be it'll do the job that it needs to do how long will this take i don't know celeste is asking me to ask this question 18 months 18 months (laughs) nice well you've heard that 18 months yeah from whenever this gets released (laughs) <laughs> which i have yeah full control or over. there's a chance of that last little bit might just get edited out of the edit uh, yeah. i've got like i've got um we uh, we had a shed approved and i just didn't read the letter apparently i have to send it to the shed company so it's just sitting somewhere mm. and he, he, he's worked with me long enough to understand that that's just normal mm. like i don't read it so my ideal world i don't read and i don't write i don't type emails i just have someone there and i say do this do this do this like my strategies are insane I just don't want to do it. Do you have a PA? Mm, Jamie is, but she's also tasked with full-time admin. So she's like um, payroll, invoices, receiving, like everything. Mm. And then she has to deal with my bullshit. And you imagine the kind of requests you get from me. Like, yeah. So um, I, we talked about it during last week. I'm, I'm going to just hire an assistant. It's just whether or not Jamie will then step up and be my full-time assistant and then she'll mm. have an assistant, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm not achieving anywhere near like this. I don't know if I could put a percentage on it. I'm probably achieving 20% of what I'm capable of. That's pretty crazy. You're achieving 20% of Of what what I'm capable capable of. of. Easily. If not less. Maybe 10. Find ways to get the extra out. Yeah. So like I know that I could be like I've got. I've got a journal here somewhere. I should read it. We've spoken about that before. I've got. A, I call mine my brain book. This, like, I don't know if I can read it all because it's pretty, like, pretty full on. So Jamie bought me this. This might not even get used, but so she bought me this journal because she's like, "You need a journal." So what was the first? I wrote some stuff about. Um, it's funny. So this is like, yeah, it's funny how I know exactly the best way to get the most out of myself, and yet I continue to self-sabotage for whatever reason. I'm sure it has something to do with my past or my childhood, but knowing is only half the battle. Actually, acting on it is the key. Like, there's some good shit in here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think if I can, I've identified probably what what I think I need. Mm. Um, I just have to go and do it. Um, I've just been reluctant to hire. Like, we've got so many staff. Like, mm. you think about. Because we've dozen, it doesn't twelve stop. people, and then you know, do I, then hire an assistant and then a health person, like someone just to make mm. food. Like, how self indulgent is that, <laughs> as well? Like, what does this guy do? Makes sure that there's a salad next to me all the time. That's it. Yep. <laughs> so that could be that role could be one role. So someone to basically do all my shit and make me lunch. <laughs> <laughs> how do you advertise that role? Uh, with a video. <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> add some. Yeah, on Facebook, to it. You, put, you do a video on Facebook and target it to what you want. And what I can't say mm. who that target market is because you can't target market people. But yeah. <laughs> I think I understand. <laughs> well, you can target ages, you can target sex, you can target location. I would, I would probably target the location because it's convenient. Yeah, fair enough. I think um, like we've been talking for a long time. Yep. Um, I How reckon- long has it? I, get, I, I enjoy these- yeah, that's not that long. How long? Well, let's just say it's not a space capsule length. So I think we're at an hour, yeah. an hour and 20. Would that be right? Hour and 40. 
oh Jesus well, we're, I guess, getting, we're, we're pushing space cap yeah, yeah. well I mean we can shoot for it if you want Testing the, I mean, I've got nowhere to be man well I mean I, I would be really <laughs> interested in knowing two things I guess um, the future of you know the future of this business yep. I know we've spoken about how you would like to roll it out multiple locations Definitely. even right back in the early days with fluid designs I think you had the aspirations of three businesses or three we locations had, uh, within on two the years whatever it yeah. was yeah. It was, we had some pretty lofty goals back yeah. then and to be honest Michael was really good at setting big goals. Mm. Um, I haven't continued that on and I probably should spend more time on that mm. um, because I think part of the reason that I don't move as much as I need to is because mm. I haven't like, I haven't reset my goals. Mm. So um, it's still the intent to have another shop in SA and we're getting asked about it more and more down at Lonsdale. Mm. It was always the intention to have Stepney, Gawler or Salisbury and Lonsdale. And we did have Salisbury. We had two shops for a while. And it did didn't you? Whereabouts? on saints road at salisbury plains so that was a two-year lease and we ran that lease and closed it um but melbourne interests me as much as anything else um because of how well like how big their economy is and how much money's going into high-end residential landscaping over there compared to here Mm. and this business was a high-end residential landscape supplier as much as a commercial landscape supplier first so you know i'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel like I only know one trick and that's sign your landscapers and let it roll. Mm. So, but Melbourne's also got a very strong water pro style business in Melbourne. Do they? So there's blood in the water? Well, I've met with the owner of the shops and Mm. I mean, who knows? Like we'll continue to talk. Um, We've not talked about anything. We've like had lunch together and... um, Would you look at relocating staff from here to head that? To Melbourne, Mm. 100%. And Mm. I've got a guy working for me now who wants to move to Melbourne as soon as it's possible. Wow. So, um, yeah, and that's good because it means I've got someone that's um, lived the Waterpro values and that I trust. So it would be hard to just not be there. Mm. Um, Honestly, and that probably the family thing is what would keep it from happening because I don't know how, I don't think you can start a new state without the director being there. I think Mm. I'd have to be there. Or in and out a lot. Well, you'd be flying there every week, yeah. Mm. So, which is fine. It's only Melbourne. That's why Melbourne's appealing because it's mm. close. I mean, I can fly to Melbourne in the same time that I can drive. You to drive Lonsdale. to Lonsdale. Obviously, yeah. you still got to deal with airport parking and whatever mm. else, but it's not that far. Mm. Um, but ultimately, if I could flick a switch, I'd probably be living in northeast Queensland and have a shop up there and have the whole family up there. So, what's in northeast Queensland that warm weather? For you personally, you want the warm weather or yeah. is it a business thing? Nope, just me. Okay. I'm happiest when the sun is out. So July, August and September or half of June, July, August and half of September, I just don't like being here. Mm. I slip into this kind of, I don't give a shit, not doing anything. So um, Unless it's wartime. Yeah, if we have a winter war, then mm. let's do it. But mm. I just like it when it's warm. Um, mm. You know, I'm more comfortable in 35 definitely more comfortable at 35 and 40 degree temperature than i am at 15 you play golf uh i have played golf in the past i I set a goal to get to a single figure handicap and didn't get there in the kind of 60 days that i'd allowed so i stopped (laughs) so yeah because i mean you can play golf most of the year up in yeah i don't mind playing wet golf either though like i've got all the gear like i've definitely got more golf equipment than i should have for someone as bad as i am but that's the advantage of having accessible income. Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I need to play. I'm going to play some more golf this year. You're right. Am I all right? Yeah, I'm you're horrible. Right. You, you're horrible. My handicap. We should go play horrible golf. My together. handicap's 31.4, and that's a legitimate GA I don't handicap. I don't even know what a handicap is. Uh, you would be better than me. 
and I don't even need to see you play. <laughs> I don't. This sounds like a wager. Yeah. <laughs> Bet who's worse? Well, that sounds. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm um, I'm really thankful for the time to be able to come in and interview you today. Oh, I'm glad you offered um, to do it. I think it's. I think uh, I, I recognise that you've done a lot of things um, industry wide. I know that you've um, like DK has produced some videos for MLSA, and yep. um, and that was really generous of of you and DK and Water Pro as well. And you spent a lot of time in front of this camera interviewing a lot of people, and exp- you know, and being able to raise their profile. Yep. And at the same time, you reference, I guess, some of your life experiences and your business experiences as well. And um, I really wanted the opportunity, um, you know, from the outset of you and I sitting yep. down doing this episode eleven. I wanted I wanted the opportunity. I guess to be able to repay that favour a little bit and you know put you under the spotlight and let people see a little bit perhaps a little bit more of you that they wouldn't ordinarily just see with a little snapshots of the references that you make yep. and um, even there's a lot of things that I would like to have covered maybe we can do a, a, 2, <laughs> a 2.0 another time there's, but um, um, Chris Collingwood who was one of our guests where was he three four five he's up I can't see him oh he's there yeah, so he was what, 10, 11, 12. Oh, he was after you. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I'd love to do, like, interview you back. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I reckon maybe there's a, there's a lot of space for it, for continued interviews. I was, was going to say, it'd be interesting. That. That's just getting ridiculously self indulgent. But then again, yeah. having a full time full time <laughs> cameraman probably is. So, yeah. I, 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 was, I, I, th- I went to message him and then I saw on Facebook that he wasn't in, he was on holidays. I was like, oh, mm. hopefully he's cool with it. So, sorry, Chris, if you did get through this whole podcast. Um, I wasn't. Well, he was 12, yeah? Yeah, so he can I have was 11, next. so... Yeah, you, you asked first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. cool. But look, I've, I've enjoyed it anyway, and um, I wish you all the best with, um, you know, your continued endeavours, and um, keep working on phase two, whatever oh, man, whatever I, that is. I don't know what... Mm. We'd be close to phase eight or something now, but... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks but, for doing um, it, man. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Clint, thank you.